Microphone check. One, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? I am so pumped today to have with me the insanely creative and unique Kinsey Babyface Perlis for a very rare conversation that I'm honored to be a part of. I've been absolutely obsessed with this guy's music for the better part of the last few months, the whole year, really, of 2021. It's been such a pleasure to dive into his catalog and just unearth all of these incredible gems of music. So, Hailing from Jennings, Louisiana, Kinsey is a one-of-a-kind presence in the rap game right now, who has been creating art both visually and musically for a long time now. Most notably, he has some incredible work with the legend producer August Fanon that you hear me raving about 24-7, it seems, on this show. And he particularly caught my attention in the recent months, as I mentioned, as I've been just listening to his music nonstop. So thank you for joining me today, Kinsey. Welcome to the show. Multiplying cash imports, we rockin' hash, got a snake swerving outside the mains, crossing over Pontatuli, corner hustlers, watch out boys, clone snakes trying to place me under the ground, my main man, PSO Pound, we used to run the town and drop dollars off the rooftop, smuggling bird shit, heard Cali caught a rate of earthquakes, after effect for when they bubble the murdery. Yo, thank you for having me, man. What's up with you? What's up, man? I'm, I'm just so excited. There's... As soon as I got into your music, I had so many questions. One, why the fuck did I not hear about you before? I did hear some names, some people that I trust and with good taste kind of mention your music, but I I don't know how I didn't get to come across your music. I think it was August, a tweet that he put out mentioning you that I was like, who is this guy? I got to check it out. So I'm happy to speak with yeah. you today. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, man. I, um I don't know. I just would rarely put, I rarely would, you know, like kind of promote my music. And when I first started rhyming, I guess. So it was like, you know, a lack of me trying to even really push it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start right at the beginning for you. So were you always a rap fan growing up, even as a child? And when was the first time that you picked up a pen and started rhyming? Oh, man. Since a kid, man, like maybe, you know, young, just like, many others, you know, like nine, 10 years old, but uh, I always was uh, into like the Wild Wild West song. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, all that type of, you know, that vibe. Cause you know, I was born in 86. So all of that stuff was coming on, you know, TV, hip hop was new, you feel me? So that's kind of like when I first really started hearing music was hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, uh, I began writing around that time, trying to write, not really rapping, just writing words, you know what I'm saying? I was always kind of like, you know, 
doing crosswords and stuff like that always still to the you know today i do that word and what is the significance behind this very unique name kinsey babyface perlis and uh so what's the significance of the name as well as the mask that is kind of become synonymous with your with your art well the mask was supposed to initially when i first you know thought of it you know from the beginning of that every year for mardi gras you know you got to have like a certain type of costume and mm. uh you got to be different from the previous year you know what i'm saying you got to kind of like stand out and so when I first started, you know, I introduced the mask because it was like it was part of my childhood that I forgot about. I went to the military, you know, what I'm saying for 10, almost 10 years and, you know, I left at 17. So it was like I forgot about a lot of stuff. And um, after I got out off of active duty, you know what I'm saying? I started coming back home more and, you know, it started coming back to me like who I was before I joined the military type of thing. And um, the name Ken C, I added on the uh, baby face Perlis, kind of like my pop's middle name was Perlis. And uh, he kind of like hated the name. That was my grandfather's name. And so kind of like during that time, you know what I'm saying? I just took it. I was like, damn, you know, I got to become like this fucking, you know, if I really want to do this shit, I got to have an alter ego. I got to have... And I had to really start, you know, take back, like, damn, I got all these different personalities, you know, I was just unaware of it, you know what I'm saying? And um, that's how I just came up with that. Just tried to, you know, use things that was uh, really real, you know what I'm saying? I find that really interesting, because, especially because you're mentioning your uh, your time in the military, how did that, how did that shape you? How did that impact the kind of like the way you see the world? big man because you gotta i was 17 when i left and um i had two kids at the time two daughters two different baby moms and um i just was you know i got kicked out of school it's kind of like my last option and um i went in and automatically out the gate you know i had to become a man i was already a man you know, as far as, you know, growing up, handling my business, but, you know, I had to really step up and be like a man. I've got I'm carrying a gun and shit now, you know? So training with men, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For war and shit, you know? So like a lot of stuff, how I look at the world now is totally different from, it's like, you know, from, I can't even really, from the beginning, it's like, you know, seeing just different cultures and stuff, just that. You know what I'm saying? So that, you know, uh, having relationships, you know, from in the military with people that, you know, I couldn't really touch, uh, you know, different cultures. I couldn't really, uh, I want to say, reach without, you know, going in. Mm-hmm. So just based off of that, you know, learning off of learning from them, it, it, it shaped me in many ways, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking of that, uh, uh, that track, uh, Jade, uh, Jaded, uh, oh, the name's escaping me. A lot of your titles are very, Jade, a lot of multiple, but yeah, off Jade, of Dia Sopur, Dia Sopur, yeah. are you, do you find that you're jaded after all of that? Do you have any kind of cynicism that came from that experience or was it mostly positive? Hey, you want me to tell you the real, like that track title 
came from uh, Solomon Kane. That track mm-hmm. actually was a, a track I called it Money Runner. And Jalo Point actually produced the beat that I actually rhymed over. Yeah, he's dope. And yeah, Jalo Point is ill, man. And that was like in uh, 2014 or something like that, if I can, I can remember correct. But um, so I sent Solomon Kane at that time. I was working with him on a lot of stuff. Just, you know, beats, we was exchanging stuff. So I sent him a couple acapellas and he was like, man, I'm gonna make a, um, I want you to shoot a video and um, I'm gonna, you know, reproduce the track with the video as well. I was like, all right, cool. And at the time I had a film company uh, and I went to uh, film school, audio production school at that time and my, my uh, company helped me shoot it shoot the visuals for it. I sent it back to him and uh, he did his thing on it and just put it out. That's a crazy video. I, I remember seeing that one. I love the I love the visual approach, which I know we'll get into a little later in this conversation, but it's it's a really brilliant, really brilliant yeah, video. It's just, I really Maybe like one of my favorite work. songs. Yeah, I really like his work, man. I really do like his work. He like a, a big bro to me too. Mm. Yeah, we got a real good connection. So over the the past few months now, as I've been getting into your music, I've been going hard on pretty much anyone that I know that likes rap and could potentially like your music. And when I've been trying to describe to them your lyricism in particular, I've been very quickly at a loss for words because, you know, in your music, I get some concrete, you know, street narratives and things like that. But I also get a ton of deeply poetic content that provides a lot of social commentary as well as always kind of feels like it's in this like otherworldly futuristic point of view. Um, So could you describe your writing process and some of the key themes that you like to explore in your lyrics? You know, the theme of what I do is voodoo, you know what I'm saying? Like that's my, that's my thing. And so it's real crazy how my writing press process is, man. It's like um, I have a day to while I write a whole bunch of phrases down and then I'll have a day where I'll be in the studio breaking those phrases down into 16 or you know what I'm saying coming up with a hook out of out of some of it or you know what I'm saying it, it all just depends like I may rhyme on a on a on a, a certain beat and I might mute that beat and like bring in another beat and just um hear how the lyrics is going over that beat you feel me and that'll even inspire me to write something different you know what i'm saying and uh explore the different theatrical moments i can kind of like squeeze in uh you know what i'm saying uh it just all depends you know like some days i'll wake up and record like three or four tracks that i wrote you know had written and some days i'll just you know sit there and mix tracks that i haven't put out you know like you know that that's recorded over three six months ago and re revamp it you know it's real chaos kind of like you know i never really know what's gonna happen until you know it's kind of like uh the inner spirit to let me know when it's time to you know do something like you know that's kind of like how i move it's a very interesting very interesting i don't think i've even heard of a rapper do writing like that i don't i've I've, i know people that obviously sometimes they don't write at all and they kind of go off top and then other people are super meticulous about it, but writing phrases and then kind of moving from there is really, really unique. Damn. 
Because I, I look at it as like, you know, I'm trying to do something that's, you know, I'm saying like uh, when I put something out, it's just like it. You know, I don't want to feel like, oh, I should have waited or I should have did this or that. You know how you have like even some of my drawings, I'd be like that, you know, and I'm kind of like some stuff I have to find it to where I just leave it alone. Like, you know, it's some art you see it's just a dot in the middle of paper. It's like, oh, they could have put so much more. But, it, you know, some stuff is just. Just got to let it be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I see your, your lyrical approach as being very, obviously, very unique, very abstract. Why do you prefer taking this more avant-garde approach, I guess you could say, to music versus adopting, you know, a more traditional, simple, accessible style? Mostly, man, you know, because I want to be original for the most part. Like, I don't really want to necessarily, like, sound like nobody or want nobody really to try to sound like me. I mean, I don't, I, I may take inspiration from different artists as far as like how they did something, but I won't mimic nothing, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, you know, we all unique. So it's just like, you know, we all offer something great. <laughs> that was my next question actually was if there were any artists that influenced your your lyrical style because I can't really think like you said I think you've achieved your goal I can't think of someone at all that sounds like you but are there any artists that really inspired you maybe indirectly even to, oh, to kind of, of bring course, you to where man. you are it's so it's so many out there man it's, of course you know it's crazy man you know I grew up seeing a lot of stuff and you know, on the TV, like I said, and it was like, uh, as a kid, you can't really, you know, we didn't have the internet. So it's like some of that stuff you never got to hear again because of the times changing. And as I became an adult, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I kind of grew up quick, went to the military. So that kind of like shut my life off as far as like, you know, adapting anything new as far as musically, you know? But as I grew older, I realized like, damn, this the dude that, uh, you know, that I heard on TV, and that's cool, Keith, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's kind of like the dude that's like, man, you feel me? Like, uh, even now, you know what I'm saying? I find myself listening to uh, Blue Flowers and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Really? I'll listen to some, yeah, I listen to an album like that, but I won't try to go make nothing like that. You feel me? It'll just kind of give me. Uh, uh, instance to be more of myself, dig more in my core of myself to be, you know, more unique. You feel what I'm saying? So, but uh, yeah, him, you know what I'm saying? All those cats, uh, Run DMC, you know, the whole uh, Rock Him, you know what I'm saying? The actual era when rap and hip hop came about, all of that, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, uh, that's the foundation. That's what I respect most about it. You know, that's why I kind of like, you know, just kind of glued into that spot. I just recently recorded some new um, recordings with one of my homies in the city. It's kind of like, if you want to call it fast, <laughs> you know, uh, a more trap approach, I guess. Mm -hmm. I wanted to move to your sound, actually, and starting not with the production that you that you uh, typically go over, but the way your vocals sound, I find they're super unique in that sense. And it come kind of immediately caught my attention. They're mixed very like grainy, very high maybe. And it's obviously very intentional. So why do you prefer this kind of raw sound? 
Oh, man, it's just, you know, I, I love vinyl. You know what I'm saying? I love just the grittiness of the wax and stuff like that. So I kind of like try to, you know, mimic that part in my music as far as it feeling like I want you to know that it's old. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, um, I feel like it's, um, you know, it's a, I want it to keep that vintage sound. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to be uh, mixed clear. And, you know what I'm saying? I want it to be set apart from what's the norm, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely does. <laughs> I, I actually did notice in the, the like the more recent work you've done, particularly the the world is upside down record with August, and then the Star Moon One Sun EP that you put out that yeah. I really really love. I did notice it's a bit cleaner, not like not you're not all of a sudden sounding like it's some super commercial thing, but I did notice yeah. it was a bit cleaner. Is that on purpose too, or is it just natural progression? Um, probably naturally because uh, you know I may have, you know some records I sit down an hour with. You know, it's all depending on how, you know, as far as the mix, depending on how, you know, what I'm trying to actually accomplish on the song is it's going to all depend on how the mix come out. More water than welfare. Farewell from the Holiday Inn. Slide in. What you thinking people out here doing for the money? What you thinking people out here doing for the money? So on that topic of, of August, uh, I really want to get into your relationship with him because as a huge fan of his work, he was probably the key reason, as I mentioned in the, the, the intro here that I think he tweeted about you. I pressed play on your music and I immediately was just in love. So the chemistry was very clear between you two that it's just absolutely incredible. So tell me first how you met August and then how did you start actually making music with him? Man. Me meeting him, it had to be something spiritual, man, because I can't, we both, you know, I couldn't even remember how we even began, com began conversating with each other. It was just all of a sudden, like, you know, I was getting these beats in and um, I was like, you know, I was planning on, you know, releasing something. I had been doing a lot of writing and uh, I got an email uh, call from him. He was like, yo, I'm about to come up through the East Coast. And, um, I want, you know, can I stop through? And I was like, shit, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got I had a, um, a studio out in Durham under, you know, uh, in the basement. And uh, he came through and stayed with me for like a month and then um, shot up the East Coast and then uh, came back down and stayed with me for like another two weeks. And in that two weeks, you know what I'm saying? It's like pretty much, you know, we both strangers to each other. And it was, uh, we worked on music, man, just went out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, did regular shit, you know, like shop, you know, bought equipment and shit. You know what I'm saying? We wasn't really on like making the music because we already knew like, you know what I'm saying? It's going, we just in the in work mode. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't nothing to rush. You know what I'm saying? And I think actually he left and, you know, I really didn't start really working on those beats or nothing for like another two, three months. I kind of like was just in a place, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff, going to different schools. Um, at the time I was um, running the audio production for a hotel, doing uh, hotel shows and stuff. So, um, you know, I was managing a lot of stuff. And uh, when I got the break, that's when I started working on the album 8602. Mm. And um, yeah, I started recording, rec you know, tra over tracks. 
and I sent him like maybe I think 86, the song 86, it was the first song I recorded for that album. And uh that's that's how I even came up with the title of the album. The beat for 8602 was actually titled 86. And uh, um it was beat 86, you know, for 986 or whatever. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, damn, it just, you know, it just spoke to me for what it is. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, it's me. You know, I took that as a sign, like, okay, get your ass to work. It's time to put an album out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I took it like that. And um, I just, you know, began recording other tracks, sending it to him. And he mixed, like, the first two, three tracks of it. <laughs> uh, maybe I maybe mixed two, three you know what I'm saying? And uh, it just sounded good collectively. So I spoke with my folks and they told me just to go ahead and put it, put it out. And uh, initially I had it out for streaming with uh, a muse or whatever. And a couple of people reached out to me and was like, man, you shouldn't have that album out for streaming, man. I was like, word. It's like, yeah, I would take it off. It's like, damn. And I'm like, man, okay, what the fuck do I do now? Like, you know what I'm saying? I got this product and people telling me to take it down. Like, they wasn't saying like, you know, they was just saying like, man, that album sound good. I wouldn't be having it for streaming. And, um, you know, I went to music business school and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like a signal for me to start executing the business side of what I learned in music business. I had to, you know, I took that as a sign to take a, a different approach in, in releasing my, my music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when I did that, you know, it, it kind of worked in my favor. That's a, that's a pretty, that's pretty interesting. So you said you went to music business school. Is that what you said? Yeah. I went to audio production school at mm-hmm. uh, Living Arts College in uh, nice. North Carolina. And so I learned, you know, I, I, I was, I, I already went to uh programming school in uh, North Carolina at, uh, what's the name of the town school? Forgot. Yeah, I did that. And uh, after that, I got, I didn't want to do the certifications and shit for programming. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I still had all this, you know, this college money from the military. So I was like, shit, I was in the, the middle of recording music and working in, you know, my studio while the whole time I was in programming school. So the both was kind of like fighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was working on music and not doing homework. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take the rest of this bread and go to audio production school. Therefore I can learn, you know what I'm saying? What I'm doing properly. And, you know, that drove me to learning Photoshop and you know what I'm saying? Just uh, all bells and whistles of, you know, video uh, and, you know, audio going together and you know, being able to have a company and, you know, just work in that field of audio production, doing shows of the uh, Gladys Nights and Temptations and working, you know, miking up Common, meeting Common in the hotel, you know, miking him up before he take a speech and shit. You feel me? Like, <laughs> that, you know, just that. that um, And I never finished both of those degrees because it was like, once I learned what I wanted, it was just like, man, my dear. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
that I find that I find that really interesting. And that's something I wanted to talk about right now, actually, is that your approach to the music, because I find that's also makes your your artistry very unique. So to give those listening some context before we get into it, some key notes is that you, you leverage a subscription model on Bandcamp. I've, I know some other artists do do that, but it is still quite unique where fans pay a monthly fee. They get access to a lot of exclusive content, ton of back catalog releases i'm i'm part of that i would highly recommend it's it's amazing um you do have some of your music on streaming too but for the most part the majority of your music is available by purchase on Bandcamp. and lastly the, the other notable thing is that the price you charge for your art is significantly above what the typical market is currently putting out where albums are like 9.99 10 bucks etc so why do you choose to distribute your music there i know you said you're some some people you knew told you to take it off streaming that 8602 project but why do you think this is the best uh, method for you i mean as i take it you know i feel that music when music was first created you know to 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 be distributed to the public it was mechanically created and you know sent out right so i feel that all music it should be physical it should be something that you can touch feel you feel what i'm saying the streaming is like a artificial for me you feel mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's like i want you to feel i want you to really look at this artwork i really want you to feel this wax or you know whatever it is this cd this cassette because it's like this is how i prefer to pack it give it to you and the cost of it is because i I, I, I myself, uh, you know, I'm a fine artist. So, uh, you know, this shit that I learned and it, I took time to really dedicate it in. It's not like I'm trying to do this. I'm doing this. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, so with that, it comes a price. Like you can't just drive a Benz if your ass is broke. So you're going to pay for what I have. You feel what I'm saying? So that's why, you know what I'm saying? I'm not somebody in the, in somewhere just trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a legacy I'm trying to build. No, no, I, I like the way you put that. It's something that you want to feel, that it should be treated as such and, I guess, priced as such. So that that's, I find that very cool. And, and I think it's something, to be clear, it's, it's something that I think is becoming a bit of a trend, I've noticed. Like, there's, there's some obvious examples, like what they're doing out in Griselda. But there's, I feel like, for the better part of the last two, three years, independent artists are really starting to take that approach and pricing their music at a, I guess, at a price point and in a way and distributing in a manner that they think makes the most sense. You know, you recently released uh, a track off of one of your most, most rare albums, Be God, which is produced by uh, August Fanon, and you released yes. it on YouTube. And um, so do you see yourself ever releasing some of those more rare projects. I'm thinking of Bokor. I don't know if I'm saying these any of these names right. Sorry, but Be God, Bokor, um, more widely or at lower prices, like based on I guess related to our topic. Or do you think you're going to stay with this approach for the foreseeable future? Never. I don't think I ever remove the prices of those records mm -hmm. because um, I got records. You know, I got stuff that I'm a probably you know make it more available as far as um, pricing, you know what I'm saying, versions, type of thing like that. But I got some stuff, you know, that's nothing really. I got some stuff that I'm gonna be releasing that's gonna kind of like be rare to, you know, a few people, 
You wow. feel what I'm saying? Like only a disclosed amount of people, like maybe 50 people, 20 people, 10 people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Artwork that come along with it. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a whole package thing. Kind of mm-hmm. like to where like you can even resell it if you would like. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and actually, it actually have some type of value. It's not just, you know, every made available to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To where, you know, investors can maybe even step up to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. I like very find that very interesting. It's like what people actually do in the the visual art scene. Obviously, you don't put a, a a piece of like a Mona Lisa on streaming, obviously. But that idea of people paying top dollar to have something that's both audio and visual is not something that I guess is that unbelievable. It's just so uncommon to how we treat music these days, which definitely feels right. like we devalue it to say the least which is unfortunate. Um, uh, I know on this kind of topic, similar related uh, tangent here, along with, you know, a lot of other jewels that you drop on the topic of, I guess, materialism and how the powers that be control or try to control regular folks. One track in particular really um, had a nice lyric that I wanted to get into. It's uh, the love, not money off of the thieves theme record. And you have a line that is pretty simple, but it says a lot in my opinion. And that's uh Cause in the end, remember it's all for the love, not money. And that's how you basically end that line. And I find that really interesting to have as a discussion in the age of streaming now in COVID too, where you can't tour or you weren't able to tour and make off a living, make a living off of music in ways that you previously could. As an artist, I'd like to ask you, like, how do you manage these seemingly conflicting ideas of, you know, paying for your bills, making a living off of your art versus doing it for the love of the art and not money and selling your music at what you believe is the true value and distributing it in the way that you would like. How do you manage those two ideas of you got to eat, but also you want to respect your craft and and do your art in the right way? Man, I'm lucky, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm sitting real good to just do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? If I want to, just go live anywhere and do whatever. I got, you know, the backing to do it. I got the backing to go, you know, anywhere at any given moment of the world and live comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Without having to do anything. So as far as the art, the art just gonna be what it is, you know? Like I'm never gonna try to sell my art to lower the standard of what I'm trying to do. Never gonna, you know, because for the fact I came up with this artist, real money is fake. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you how fake your money is because your money is gonna circulate and do nothing for you. But this art that's, you know, you may be able to pivot and, you know, take this and do something with it in a different uh, region, a different, you know, space or whatever. You feel me? That currency, you may only be able to circulate it where you're at. Mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying yeah. so like with that you know I'm never you know lower the standards of the art for you know to be fed yeah and it's even I think it's even else even more to what you said there that like even if it's truly buying a 
a, a typical digital album version of a project like you can't quantify the value of what you just bought because it could inspire you to you know make another business that obviously mints you a bunch of cash later on or just right. inspires you to like just feel better like the, that's why yeah right. i totally am on board with how you say that it's because you know it's, it's, it's certain things that that i take on like that you know what i'm saying not not really knowing it, you know what I'm saying? Certain things that we gravitate towards that inspires us or makes us move in a different space, you know? They couldn't tell you what was really like. Pressed the waves, got me sunken in a new place. A new day, a new time, escape from out the nucleus. The lost season was expected, nevertheless, a far catch like Drexler. If I want to put my shit to the test and stretch on you, so now I want to move to some of these, um, some projects in particular that I wanted to get into a bit. Um, if I start with my current favorite record of yours that I've at least heard in full, uh, the End Platonic uh, record, this album is wow. really like none other. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you're you're rapping over some like creepy acid jazz beat, space age sci-fi stuff, and other times yeah. it's more like dusty boom bap, all produced by August Fanon again. Uh, where it sounds like you're rapping from Mars. Like, what makes your work with Fanon so special? And what is it about the connection between your beat, his beats and your type of lyricism that just yields such great results? Um, I think it's more so that he's a work worker. You know what I'm saying? He, he really is focused on um, what he's doing. He's in love with what he's doing. It's more so him. You know what I'm saying? Providing the soundscape to allow me to even, you know, make adjustments to, you know, even take approaches and all of that. You know what I'm saying? It's him making a catalog available, available, a slew of, you know, instrumentation, allowing me to do this. I send it to him. We motivate each other. Like, yeah, man, we might have a phone call, a text, or, you know what I'm saying? Ah, you know what I mean? And that, you know, just the whole vibe. It's just like, man, we love music the same way and we respect it the same way. You know, he taught me a lot as far as through conversations and shit, as far as like just conversations, certain things he would say. It was just kind of dawn on me at a later time. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Kind of was in sync during a lot of times of me recording. And did you guys record uh, like when he uh when you were working on this on these like various projects you've worked with them were you guys recording a specific album at a time or was it like a bunch of sessions that just turned out you kind of like pieced the albums together after that or was it were you guys right, creating yeah. the end platonic record specifically uh, and then to the next? a lot of a lot of times he don't even know what i'm doing man you know what i'm saying <laughs> like he don't know what i'm doing like he don't know what i'm doing now you feel what i'm saying but it's always no he know it's for the better good it's always that, you know what I'm saying? It's for the, you know, it's to push our brand forward. You know what I'm saying? Our culture forward. So it's always like, you know, whatever. He got, you know, he sent me emails, emails constantly. You know what I'm saying? Like I got verses that's just sitting that I can just like, okay, I'm gonna go drop a verse. Oh, let me mix it. You feel me? Oh, that sound dope. Oh, let me drop a single. Nah, I'ma hold that shit. See if I can carve it out to be an album. Yeah, fuck it. Then I might write, might not record music for two, three months. But then I got all this shit that's written. Now, 
you know, my peoples will get on me. People will be, you know, so I'm like, okay, it's time to get in album mode. Let's see what I got. Let's see what the fuck I can hit them with. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's yeah. how I get. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like, and that's the rap person in me. You know what I'm saying? It's different times. I'm in different hats. So, it, you know, I can do it all at any given moment if I have to. You feel what I'm saying? But I like to be real natural, so I don't force nothing. You know what I'm saying? I just live day by day doing what I want to do. As we're on the topic of some of these projects with Fanon, there are two projects in particular that uh, you've priced at the highest and they seem to be the most rare collectibles in your catalog. And that's Bokor and Bigod. I've heard a couple tracks that you've you've led as Lucy's off of it. And I'm not joking to anybody who hasn't listened to it. These are like some next level, even for all the amazing music I've heard so far from, from Kinsey to date. These are some next level production and then just out of this world lyricism. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what makes these albums in particular so special. And they almost seem to, if you can comment as well, because I know you're selling the Bigod and Bokor vinyls as like a package. Are they kind of related or connected in some way? Yeah. Yeah. If it's like, you know, I kind of like was just like, um, from the beginning, it was like uh, 8602. Can't remember right offhand how I got it. It's, it's written down on paper, but basically, B God and Bokor would be like an A side album and a B side album. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what it is. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like if I was to make an A side, you know, that's what it is A side album, B side album. Um, that's why it's packaged like that. You know what I mean? Together. And were you in yeah, kind so, of like a, a different, was there a particular theme that you were going for with these projects? Because I find the sound well, is, is, is the same. Yeah, the thing was, it was uh, August had made a, a, a Babyface Perlis uh, a, a beat tape playlist that he sent me. And it was kind of like all these crazy sounds. So the verses, I was like, damn, I'm going to just record. You know what I'm saying? It was weird. We- weird how I was snatching the beats because I was damn near kind of like looping some of them, some pieces of something and I reach back to him and he'll actually make the beat out of the loop that I recorded and you know that I just looped and shit <laughs> so he'll send me back the beat I'll lace the lyrics on the shit kind of like and so when I start doing that I kind of like did a, a tape that was all of that all running together like on one long track it was just like from beginning to end, those two albums together. And so I was like, damn, I'm going to just kind of like cut each track and see how they all can tell some type of story. And then, boom, you know what I'm saying? I kind of like, uh, I'll do an album, I'll do the album cover first. And then I'll kind of like grow into that cover and make the music. Wow. That's also something that's very very different compared to other artists i find the album art is like an afterthought so devalued even on that topic before um in today's day and age which i do want to get to in one second um just want to say again i'll I'll link in the episode notes uh your band camp and for anybody listening this these two projects in particular like i'm i'm currently trying to save up for at least one of them because fuck they're they're incredible um i wanted to talk quickly about how your style or approach to music has evolved over the years so in listening to a project like dsopir um from 2016 was released 
I think it's a dope project for sure. It has that jade faced record we talked about earlier, but it does present a slightly different style. You're not rapping completely differently, but I do feel particularly in the production and the song structures, it's a slightly less, less left field, sorry, kind of album. So did you over time get more avant-garde or abstract um, as the years have progressed? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like, a, a, you know, like a lot of those, you know, I, I was going through so much um, during a lot of the years that, you know, just like just buried inside of me, you know what I'm saying? As far as like just, you know, growing as an adult, dealing with kids, you know what I'm saying? battling you know between school the military and just you know what i'm saying a lot of different stuff so it was like a lot of that just made me you know take different approaches on you know where i want to be you know what i'm saying and so start trying to kind of like structure and make sense of things you know what i mean yeah and i think it sounds from what you're saying that you're in more of a comfortable uh, hopefully more peaceful kind of mind state right now. So hopefully that leads you to be more free to go even more out there in your music. So that's, that's really nice to hear. I think it, it was like I was chasing something to where like I had to, you know, just settle and kind of like just, you know what I mean? Stop chasing stuff and just start making stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so now I want to transition to the, other component we've touched on here and there part of your artistry and that's the visuals so one of the clear traits of your music is always these incredibly interesting and artistic album artworks that accompany all of your releases even eps and singles and actually as i'm speaking to you now your zoom icon is is, is fucking marvelous too you have a, a nice nice one here too that i'm looking at so um damn I want to understand, like, you're responsible for all of these visuals from my understanding. So do you do you see the artwork as being equally as important as the songs themselves? Like, do you feel like it's all part of one full kind of package? Nah, I think it's more so like, you know, because I can just, you know, I'm not really like, you know, into like, you can use any cover that, that for a song or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? That's just a piece of the creature. You feel what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that's just something I chose at the time, you know, to like, oh, okay. You know, it's all opinionated at the end of the day, you know, even with collaborating with art, you know, other art, other artists, you know what I'm saying? It's all opinionated off of how they view it. You know, I, I, may, I may send over a cover to you. You're going to choose like probably the third one uh, you know what i'm saying it's all mm -hmm. yeah it's very really subjective made. yeah it's very subjective you know what i'm saying like even with using uh certain symbols and you know what i mean like i won't copy nobody's stuff that's what i won't do so that's why i really start really kind of being hands-on not trying to you know have nobody else do it for me so i don't know what 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 came from i'm not searching on the internet knowing who other covers like this or that or what they use so that to remove all of that i'd rather just show you something real graphic you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that i scribble <laughs> you know what i'm saying and here there you go slur speech and swallow tongues triple lung little squid thumbs billy tripped in yesterday's silly gum known from all the silly stunts bringing thoughts of making shades of nut calculate mistakes 
and another pretty unique approach that you have to your music is, is sometimes in your actions, but also just in the, the ideas that I was talking about earlier, I get a lot of elements of like futurism. So like elements about things on the future, use like astral travel, voodoo, like all these kind of spiritual or pseudo spiritual things that I find is always kind of laced, even in the most potentially surface level, simple music that you could make. I find it's, it's really interesting. And one thing that you do in some of your actions is um, you sell your art as NFT, NF, yeah, NFTs. So what's the reasoning behind this decision? And do you feel like what do you feel the future of art distribution and consumption uh, will look like? Depending on the scale of where you're at as an artist, you know what I'm saying? I would say you would have to find your own niche of your own platform of whatever it be, Bandcamp or it be your own website, wherever your base is. It don't really have to be, you know, NFTs. I think the NFT approach is good because there's so many like jpegs online so many art you know so much stuff just on the internet right mm -hmm. but i think by doing this i'm not afraid to put my artwork out i got it on the blockchain i got you know what i'm saying the token id and everything like that so i'm not afraid to just show you something if you steal it cool you're really kind of promoting my business because you can't recreate what i do you know what i'm saying so i think it's cool that way and protecting it. And also, like I said, opening the door for investors to say, hey, you know, I want this, I want to license this to do whatever. The door is open without any middleman. You can work directly with the artists. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think it'd be more of that because there's a lot of artists that can simply get paid for what they do. They just don't know the business of it. And in the business, don't have to be as complicated as they make it. It can be a simple deal written on a napkin. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a something between me and you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people is not educated on the fact and afraid to debate, and they just not that type of, you know, they just don't have that trait. So they miss the the fact that they could be successful in distributing their art or you know their talent whatever it be it's just all based off of um the platform and how you you know adjust to the times and shit you know and just be inventive be able to market and you know what i'm saying you have to be learning the shit as you go you know you can't really kind of be one foot in just one thing you know what i'm saying i think even outside of like the crypto world just the direct artist to consumer thing is I yeah. think hundred percent going to be part like people are realizing and waking up that the, obviously the label system is outdated, but oh yeah, the, man, just know? the streaming, you're not making any money. Just, you're not. Man, you know, it's crazy. All that CD baby, all of them, they rob, rob you. You know what I'm saying? It's like taking percentages and stuff like that. They, the ones that own the company is the ones that's really living good. You feel what I'm saying? It's all across the board. You feel me? Not saying that. Okay. Um, these artists aren't getting their streams, but it's hyped up. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They, these new platforms and ways of artists being able to distribute removes all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think there's. It all depends. Like you said, you made a good point. It's all about what kind of artists and what where you want to be. Because I do yeah. think, like I do see for like some of the more mainstream acts and even just some of the really popular ones streaming 
makes sense, but it can't be your, your only platform. It can't be all what you rely because you're going to get robbed. Like you can make so much more money doing so many different things that have nothing right. to do with streaming. The key to it is you have to educate yourself on what it is you're trying to do, period. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you won't get nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, you know. And understand your niche and your your target audience like you yeah. like you put. That's really brilliant. You gotta okay, use so, your network. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point too. I wanted to move now to like in the future. Like what do you have coming? So you've released a really dope EP that Star Moon, uh, One Sun, really like that one, and a couple mixes, along with a big time project with August Fanon that you really that you released earlier in 2020, The World is Upside Down. So what do you have coming for the rest of this year in 2021? I got a lot of stuff recorded. Uh, you know, my my mind is kind of like in a couple of different places, you know, due to COVID, you know, it kind of slowed me down as far as travel and stuff like that. Plans that I did have to do during this time. So I had to readjust and, you know, switch up the hustle a little bit. And uh, I'm kind of carving out a few ideas you know what i'm saying and um waiting on a lot of things to fall through and um as far as like um <laughs> you know animation and stuff like that i'm trying to move into that space of kind of like uh giving visual aspects of songs on the animated level the character design level i'm at now like kind of you know i've been writing a comic i'm um the producer of Hip Hop Marvel's comic, uh, I mean, not, not comic, uh, Hip Hop Marvel's podcast uh, out in Durham, North Carolina. I uh, was producing that. And so it, it drove me to, you know, I went to Comic-Con and it drove me to go into a space of writing uh, a comic. And um, so I'm in the character design for that to hopefully have some background music, maybe an EP to go along with that. You know, I'm working on a couple of different things. I got a cannabis company, Age of the Stoner. And uh, nice. I'm out here. Yeah, I'm out here in Jennings right now. I'm actually uh, in tune with the city where I grew up at. A couple of different places, working with artists from New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and kind of trying to develop some artists out here. I have a label, you know what I'm saying? So my peoples want me to start putting some groundwork into that, developing artists. So I'm, you know, in days in, day out, record, in recording sessions from, you know, producing them, you know, from picking beats to, you know, showing them how to structure songs and, you know, engineering it and teaching them, you know, pretty much parts of the game that they need to know, getting a mind in the business sense. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. That's awesome. Yeah, That's really cool. I, I know... Uh, I think I was on Twitter recently and I tweeted something about you. And I think uh, an artist that is featured on that record from 2020 with August uh, Iceberg Theory, he mentioned oh, that yeah. he has, he just, he didn't give me any details. He just said, yeah, we got something. I got some work with you, with him coming soon. So can you speak on that? Or is that a uh, secret right oh, now? Oh, it may have something, you know, I sent records to August. I got a few that I recorded that I'm actually supposed to send back to him. And then, you know, he probably have something going on. So, you know, we got that relationship to where it's like, uh, if he asks me for anything, it is what it is. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, if I, I'm in the middle of, you know, I travel everywhere with a mobile studio, my own shit, because at any given moment, 
I gotta, you know, put in work. So it'll be times I'm driving from wherever to wherever and he like, yo, I need this. So I'll stop and actually, you know, listen to the production like, okay. And I'll take not just really anything that I got written. I really start trying to, you know, put something together for it. That's, that's really great that you have that relationship. That's, and, that's yeah, nice. and send it back to them, yeah. So they may have something. I got a lot of stuff that I want to send uh, to Iceberg. I just haven't had the time to even, you know, do it. And that I'm, you know, filling all these hats. But mm-hmm. once it's time to, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really in rapper mode right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm in development mode of my artists and trying to really kind of fill a foundation of, you know, of uh, of them helping people, you know what I'm saying? Mostly like, you know, I can make myself money. I'm trying to show other people they can make money too. You know what I'm saying? Without robbing them and all that crazy shit and all mm-hmm. that. I mean, just like, you know, I have, when I'm working with somebody, it's kind of that bind. You feel what I'm saying? It's nothing. You got to understand it. You know what I'm saying? A certain vibe and shit, you know? Word. That's, that's really beautiful. And yeah, I just want to say to anybody, anybody listening, you have to hit the link that will be in the episode description. Kinsey's music is is simply phenomenal. And then you'll notice all the other stuff we were talking about of the visuals. It's a real true artist in a real true art experience that you'll be getting. So definitely support real art. And Kinsey, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. No doubt, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Man, yeah, respect and 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 peace and love to everybody. Hope you're safe and hope you're, you're you continue to thrive and and continue building in 2021. All right, man. Peace. All right, man. Thanks, bro. All right, peace. Yeah, peace. And it gets worse. Judging by the activity on the intergalactic social space networks, I take control, saving the day. Remember me once I'm gone. Earth is not my home. That's why they captured me and cloned me. I got the galaxy buzzing to the most amazing treasure of all time. So this concludes today's episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some fresh new perspectives on the latest rap releases, as well as a recommendation for the next great rap record to add to your collection. If you're an artist looking to level up your career, getting more gigs, album sales, merch sales, whatever it may be, I would love to help you with that by providing you artist development and writing services. So if you're interested, contact me via email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com or hit me up via Twitter or Instagram at Roview, R-O-H-V-I-E-W. I would be honored to lend my expertise and help you grow your career as an artist. And also for regular rap fans that just want to hear more quality commentary on the genre, follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well. For exclusive content and updates related to the show, follow the Rap Music Plug podcast on Facebook to help the show grow and ensure that everyone's listening to the best rap music at all times. Follow the show on the podcast platform of your choice. Make sure you leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts so that the show can be spotlighted by that wonderful algorithm and be exposed to more people. You can find all of this information along with exclusive playlists created by myself by clicking the link that's in the episode's notes. So that's all for today. Talk to you soon. Peace.